So welcome, everyone. Welcome. We're going to talk for the second time with Adam C. Hall. And Adam has been on quite a journey to discover within himself and maybe within you and I, divine genius. And it's really been uh, a breakthrough out of all the various layers of us in quasi, I'll put it uh, in brackets, a successful life in as a real estate mogul or as a... Uh, an entrepreneurial wizard in certain ways, but you moved out of that and into a whole other reality, haven't you, Adam? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Veronica. It's nice to be here with you and your listeners again and look forward to exploring that great paradigm, that great paradigm shift that um, I was invited to. I believe we're all being invited to, and i I think you know what I mean. These are times of of great, great change. And I think one of the things that's most exciting is these times of great change are terrifying to a lot of people or nerve-wracking for a lot of people. But the way your your book, and this is quite the book, The Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, takes us through it, it is very almost settling to realize that in all this disruption and this disturbance, really there's this sort of deep inner flow in us that can lead us to where we need to go, right? It's not in the marketplace as much as deep within ourselves. And you give us a lot of footsteps to get there. Well, yes, it 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 it, it is um, challenging times. And I think it is, it in its own way is very unsettling. Um, I, I I get that, and I think these are unprecedented. This is an unprecedented period of of great transition. It's an epicot in human evolution, which of course uh, chaos and uh, crises um, uh, precipitates um, uh, ultimately a death and a rebirth. And that is the uh, invitation. And the question is not uh, if that is going on. Uh, it's a question of what do we do about it? And well, what do you what do we do about it? Yeah, I want to bring up the wonderful, wonderful line that I wrote down at the beginning. I've written many of the lines down. I don't won't get to them all, of course. Uh, can you get out of this lifetime alive? And I love that because some of us are working toward that. So can you talk a bit more about what that could mean to people who are maybe inexperienced with thinking this way or experiencing life that way? Well, abso- absolutely, because we're talking about moving beyond the old paradigm, our own way, always our old belief systems, that mindset that keeps us stuck in the past. Um, and we often function and think and operate in a world based upon our past experiences and trauma. That's just how we go as human beings. And when I posed that question at, uh, early on in, in the divine genius, the unlearning curve, it was a question about freeing ourselves now um, n- to, into our greatest potential, into our place of deepest purpose and authenticity where we could go, ah, I feel peaceful. I feel a sense of being alive in my joy and in my place of love. And the idea of dying consciously 
while it's not new, it's more relevant today than ever because we're being asked to shed all that no longer serves us. Why? Because the planet, both ecologically and biologically, is rapidly evolving and changing. And so too must we, or extinction lies down the road. Mm -hmm. So to die now, to free ourselves from the old operating system, belief systems of the ego mind of separation, frees us into, uh, or maybe I should say catapults us into our greatest potential. Well, I want to interrupt you just for a moment and see if this is uh, cognitively right. But for years I've been saying, I don't want to redo this karmic stuff. I don't want to just go round and round the rugged rock, the ragged rascal round. I don't want to do it that way. And I believe the way you're speaking about it, not just you, but others as well, which tells me there is maybe a trend in our awakening. Uh, We don't have to do it that way. We have the ability to unhook those patterns, I believe. What do you think of that? Well, that's the whole idea because we are on the proverbial merry-go-round, as you spoke about, and we become endless seekers on the path. You know, we, we, we give away our power to other people. Sometimes it's a priest or a guru. When we have the power, sometimes we're thinking it comes through finding a love in our life or having more money or more material belongings. Those are things that are disempowering. Those are things that keep us stuck in the mindset that creates the problem. And you can't move beyond that problem from the same level of thinking. Mm-hmm. That creates the problem. So the idea here is is to unhinge, unhook, I should say, ourselves from that mindset. And the divine genius provides us a pathway, a stepping stones, a map into that next evolution of ourselves, into the highest part of ourselves. And that's that's what needs to be done in a most simple way, not in a compl- complicated way. And so. I've done this. Well, you called it the unlearning. You call it the unlearning. So I think of it as the unattaching to all these identities that have carried us through, gosh knows what levels of karma and sociological doodah. Is that right? Well, that's exactly it. We, uh, you know, I my hypothesis here is in in our personal development, Veronica, is that we don't need to gain anything. We have everything. We we have our enlightenment. We have our abundance. Matter of fact, I just published a book yesterday, another book called The Little Book of Genius for Abundance. Yeah. And we we have this as our true nature. What. What we've forgotten is we moved away into a separate thought system that now we don't realize our our awakened state. We don't realize our joyful, peaceful state because we're in a system of thinking that's locked us in a merry-go-round of constant seeking and feeling stuck and unfulfilled with our lives. So the idea is what's a concrete path? to move over beyond that mindset to move into our greatest potential. And the unlearning process is all that's needed. We don't need to learn something. We just need to learn how to unlearn. (laughs) One of the greatest tools that you've written quite a bit about is forgiveness. That's a great unlearning, is it not? When it comes to attachment and detachment. Well, true forgiveness 
allows us to let go of events in our life that keep us stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas traditional forgiveness, let me explain, is an offers us a chance. Oh, I'm going to forgive that son of a gun for doing what they did to me, and I'm I'm the victim of that, and he's the perpetrator, she's the perpetrator. And what that does, it does, it's just, it doesn't release us from that trauma or release us from that belief of that, that we're not worthy or not good enough. So the idea of true forgiveness is a way to unlearn that old trauma and that old belief system. It's not to deny it. It's a way to unlearn it so it no longer has power over us to guide the rest of our life. And true forgiveness is really about self-forgiveness, not for what happened, but for what did not happen. And that is we all make the same error. And it's simply an error that we forget that we are one and connected to ourselves, to others, to spirit. And in the oneness of that connection, in the knowing of that connection, there is truly a nothing to forgive, but truly a place to get beyond the events that happened in our life, because there's only a place of love. There's only a place to go forward. Because we take on sometimes when we judge ourselves, when we've screwed up or been mean or whatever we've been, and and even way worse than that, we take on those identities in ourselves in a judgmental way, don't we? I'm very eager for us all to be able to not just neutralize it, but release that adaptation to that way of, you know, being. Well, that's that's the exact point that, that you're bringing. What's the key point is that you're bringing up is we take on the identity. In other words, we take on the identity that we're not good enough. We take on the identity that we're not worthy. We take on the identity that we're ugly. Mm-hmm. We take on the identity that we're fat and not welcome in the world. We take on these identities that are based on these traumas or belief systems. And the only true way, and I, that's a big thing for, for anybody to say, but it's consistent throughout the ages, the sages, the wisdom keepers, the shamans, all consistently say that tr- forgiveness is a way to move through. We can't go around it. We try as hard as hell. I try very hard to go around a lot of the events of me feeling unwelcome and unex- and un- unaccepted in my life and not worthy. And that can come through pathologies, eating, drinking, sexing, all these things we do working. We try to, we, we, we go obsessively to avoid the very thing that we must go through. And the shame, the shame is really stuff that we've done yes. wrong. Shame is very debilitating, is it not? Um, it's, it, it, that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Yes. A very sticky little jobby. <laughs> but I think and it's un- often, it's unconscious often, often, as you know, we don't, we don't always know what's actually going on. And these are great times of shifting. And if you, it's just, if you want to let, if, if you want to let your balloon say fly high, you want to not carry a bunch of sand where you can't even get out of your own way and stuck mm-hmm. in our 
own stuff. So we got to unload that those heavy weighted things in our life, emotional, uh, emotional traumas, physical, psychological traumas. These things need to be shed. And that's the whole idea of unlearning. That's the whole idea of these step, these key 13 steps that I offer through these 13 wisdom teachings Mm -hmm. to unlearn that thought system, to do it at its source, nip it in the bud once and forever so that we can choose into our most authentic power, our deeper truth as conscious, conscious beings that are here to create. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, uh, let me see now. And I really love all the forgiveness stuff that you've written about. Uh, let me see now. Um, why don't you talk to people about the 13 steps? And each of the steps has five uh, insights in it, doesn't it? And some of the insights are the same. So they're like a pattern of how to deal with these specific subjects. Well, yeah, let me see if I can create some context because, of course, the book is a path, a a map to move beyond the old self and the new self. But the the pathway essentially uh, is 13 steps, 13 wisdom teachings. Okay. Each of these wisdom teachings offer us a way to let go of that old ego mindset. And in that journey, there's some insights around those wisdom teachings. For example, we were just talking about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, in the book, we share these insights, these five insights about forgiveness so we can understand and learn about forgiveness in a new way. So we're not just creating the same old thing again. And then the invitation is, OK, here's a process So that's the genius process, because unless we have a process and a practical way to re-unlearn that mindset, then we're just having information. You can have insights and you can go, oh, well, that's what it is. But then how do you integrate it into your life? How do you actually grow corn, so to speak, with it in your life? The process that I offer called the genius process takes you through five steps that move you and help you move beyond that old way of thinking, that old way of being stuck. And it's a journey and it's a very excited, proven one that I have worked with over the years. It's a pathway. There are many pathways, but this one is a straight line. This one I found hits the bullseye to really end the, uh, a life of, of pain and suffering and separate in separation once and for all. And I noticed that there's five insights for each of the 13. And a lot of those insights are the same, meaning there's kind of a pattern of steps and how to move out of whatever is the, is the trap, right? The yes. Trap. Well, yeah, just to, just to clarify, there's, there's five insights and then there's five, the five, five steps the five steps are rip rip that you we repeat those five steps for each of those wisdom teachings in other words we create a very simple five-step process that moves us through each of those wisdom teachings and through repetition it's like exercising a muscle you can't just do it once we do it we do it time and time again until we nail it, until we know that we can see 
this separate mindset. We can understand the separate mind of the ego that keeps us locked in this problem. And that all of a sudden now we can say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I get to, I have another choice. And now you get to make your the, another choice. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to stay stuck. You can mm-hmm. make that, you can continue to do that too. When you met your guide who guides us or guide whom you call men, not because of the male designation, <laughs> but uh, he, he took you into all that, didn't he? He, he was very assertive about uh, making a choice and some of the choices could be difficult and some not difficult. We, talk, we were talking about death. And getting out of this, getting out of life alive, right? But if I remember correctly, early in the book, was he not talking about making a choice and this choice would give you death and this choice would give you freedom? And yes. on your path? Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, that's, this is the wisdom teaching for on death. Mm-hmm. And death in, in, a, in a transformative mindset is a mindset that frees us from our past. And the idea of death is not that we die and that's all. The idea of death from a transformational perspective here, Veronica, is one of rebirth. Mm -hmm. In other words, we come back anew to the world and that in that process of our own transformation, we let all that no longer serves us die away a very important piece to embrace because if you know death is our number one fear and we fear that because we the physical body dies but our spiritual bodies our spirit our soul does not that's what is immortal but our identification in our ego and our separate self thinks of death as the end and in that context, in the ego context, it's correct because that's when the ego dies. The separate idea of self dies. Mm. And in that journey, which takes courage and takes our persistence to move through it, but ultimately we come on through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And that is the power of the unlearning process. That's and the, the other side is just steps. a different level of your soul journey and what kinds of trajectories you're going to find yourself on until you go through another passage of death. Is that right? It, 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 exactly. In other words, we come into, it's like we're in a, a, a small room and we somehow we decide, well, we're going to open, open the door Mm-hmm. And we're, it's a dark room. Now we open the door and we step out into a much larger expanse of space that's more well lit. It's more it's it's actually infinite in nature, whereas in a small room, we're very finite. Mm-hmm. But in the stepping out in the opening of our consciousness, our perception, we now are experiencing an infinite reality. And that's the idea of dying, because when we die, we leave the room of our limiting beliefs. We leave the limited, the space of our emotional traumas, mm-hmm. and we move beyond them. We can't go around them. We have to move through them, move but through we move them. beyond. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. to the other other side and that's the idea of of the of the the awakening journey and it's well, just really do you think that effect. this is actually pushing the whole humanity right now do you think it's just like a, a worldwide talk about a pandemic which we'll get into in a bit but do you think it's a worldwide movement probably exacerbated by the crucible of a pandemic which kept us all locked down or a natural evolution of our species uh, with the gift of some very high consciousness beings um, tutoring us and pulling us through. Do you think it's this the time on the planet? Both. And uh, thank you for, for creating some context around that, Veronica. Well said. And it, it, it's, it's the nature of where we are on a planetary scale from an ecological thing. Uh, events we see happening with climate that's an external uh, unfolding of of uh, that's daunting mm-hmm. and very. of course mm-hmm. it's very daunting and the data and stuff is very daunting yet it's it's the invitation to evolve ourselves in a way that's we've never done before. In other words, we can't just kind of meander, oh, well, I'll get to that tomorrow. No, mm-hmm. that's right now. And that's where we are because the, the the nature of our quantum field, the nature of our interconnectivity. Interconnectedness, yes. Interconnectedness is an invitation that we too must leap. We must too regenerate ourselves on an evolutionary scale now the question is do you want to do that at the whim of other events like climate like politics like a pandemic or do you want to do that on, at with your own consciousness your own ability to adapt to evolve on your terms how you want to move forward in concert with the universe that's inviting us to do that the Hmm. planet that's inviting us to do that so we have a choice it's a bifurcation point we either choose to step into that and up into that and through the old ways or we stay with the old way and i don't think we need to go there with what's happening well, I, I have this other way of seeing it, too, which is not against what you're saying. I'm in agreement. But here's what, as an intuitive, what I see a lot is there's a proportion of people that are choosing that growth and are choosing to shake off that individualism, right, and begin to understand that we have to move together. And there's a lot of people that won't give a flying potato about that. You know that. And and so... I don't know how you see that. I think that's an interesting, that's a conundrum, but it's an interesting flow, which could get very narrow. It could be at the neck of the flow. I don't know. Well, yeah, that I, I, there, there you know, it, it, we are at a choice point that there are choose that people that are going to hold on to that, to that and stay on that sinking ship as long as they can. And they're going to fight like hell to protect their turf, their resources, their money, their power. And there's those of us that are, have uh, exited or are in the process of exiting that and stepping on the new ship that's moving forward. And we're finding each other like we're having this conversation right you now. Bet. We're, you we, bet. We have great listeners that are tuning in. This is the key for us. We're showing up together because 
we're we're paying attention. We we're, we're we want to take responsibility for our lives. We want to show up to our greatest potential of what we can do and how we can make this planet a better place, you know, now and for our children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, the conundrum is uh, to me is not a conundrum at all. There's just the way it is. Certain people are going to want to stay in the old patterns and stuck and they don't give a damn. And that could just be that's their thing. OK, whatever. But this is the story going forward. Uh, is about those that are really embracing their own power and their own truth and taking responsibility and doing their work. And that's that's the great thing about this conversation that we're having today. We're we're, mm-hmm. we're showing up for it. We are. I really appreciate that. Also, uh, let's go back to the pandemic for a moment. I'm often mm, sort of mesmerized because I feel like the pandemic, the, the the worldwide lockdown, think of a billion people locked down at once in India, for gosh sakes. I think there's a huge, huge learning curve in that, you know, even though it was terrible and still maintains a difficult aura for a lot of people. I think it was really good for us to really boot up our consciousness a consciousness of one another and the earth. What do you think? It's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. And that's not to be de minimis to any pain and suffering on the planet, but it's ultimately through all that, all, any adversity in it, through any great challenge of the ages, it it ultimately can be experienced as a, a great gift and a great opportunity for our own personal evolution and also for the collective evolution of, of of the planet. So I feel and support, see it, and am experiencing it as a very powerful gift. the The pandemic is is not done with us, um, and it continues to support a powerful thrust. And we're seeing key examples of what it means. And some of those examples are light in the light of things, and some of those examples are in the dark of things. Mm-hmm. One of the examples in the light of things, which I have a tendency to focus on and emphasize, but not to ignore the challenges of the dark side of those things. But people are leaving. They just had announced today that this month, this last time, month, 4.4 million people left their jobs. Now, this is happening every month. Mm-hmm. And ostensibly, why are they doing this? Because they're not happy and fulfilled. Because mm-hmm, the jobs are meaningless in a way, aren't they? They don't mean anything. People yeah. want their power and their purpose to live fully. Life is a precious thing. It's short. And why not live to your fullest and take the risk to go for it? And people are doing that. And that's just fantastic. Well, now, do and, you think there's an unfoldment of a more conscious marketplace around the world? As a result, I, I I don't think it. I'm I'm seeing it and I'm experiencing it every day. I'm just being here with you is an example. I just was on the on a did an hour with a man named Irvin Laszlo, Doctor Irvin Laszlo. We talked all about this. It's happening. It's mm-hmm. underway. It people are gathering. You don't need gathering in small groups. We're gathering these conversations. It's underway. You want to be a part of that? and co-create and, and be 
find that greater place of of your own personal journey or 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 not i mean i think it's a great opportunity and the pandemic is only creating the invitation in a more clearly concise way although many of us feel great fear and see the great challenges of the chaos and and the the crises that's out in the world but ultimately that's going to do what it's going to do, but we can choose to do what we must do individually. Mm-hmm. And that is really leap into our greater potential and really embrace what we're here to do anyway, is to be great expressions of love and joy and abundance and, and share in our creativity. And, 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 and I laugh because you said something in one of the tapes I listened to where it's, uh, we got selfish it's not all about you. And then I, la- I always say to people, well, actually it is. It's all about me and <laughs> whether I can go into that centered place <laughs> and radiate consciously. It's all about me to do that, right? And it's all about you. It, 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 let's not be, we're not, we're not naive about that. And you're exact. It, it, it all it just makes people laugh calling. at it. It helps a bit. It's to all chuckle. about souls calling, but there's the idea is it's not narcissistic. It's, 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 it's not a narcissistic thing to pay attention to your heart and your mind no. and your soul and your mission. That's what enlivens the world. It's a narcissistic thing to come from lack self-centeredness selfishness i know as a recovering narcissist that it, <laughs> you're you know, so I honest say, you're delightful I can, it's just what it it's just what it, it what it is so it's it's not selfish to be engaging in your own personal expression of your magnificence in your light a matter of fact it's anything but because when we're not engaging in our truth and our magnificence then we're hiding mm-hmm. and that's that's something that it does not serve ourselves or and narcissists have very little peripheral vision right well the, it's and my, you have it's a, a huge yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's myopic in its in its vision vision and it's 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 um of course the key thing is it there's there's no empathy. Mm-hmm. So it leads to sociopathic behaviors, it leads to behaviors that are kind of old paradigm patriarchal behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um got us in this heap of mess in the first place and it's energetically it's it's fighting for its own space and its own place and it's it's finding its way to uh, being diminishment because it's not about that old paradigm necessarily going away it's about each of us embracing the new paradigm moving past it but i want you to talk before we pass the old paradigm i want you to speak a bit about the section in your book called poverty of riches that's a great line. I went, oh, this is good, right? Well, I speak from my own personal experience here, of course. And um, many of us, and we look around the world and we seemingly see the world of haves and have-nots. And that's the nature of our perception in, in a dualistic way. But ultimately, when we look at the folks that seemingly control and have all the resources um, and the hoarding that's basically happening in in that part of our planet and those that are 
living that. Um, we we often realize when we pull up the kimono or the we look behind the <laughs> facade that that they're actually impoverished. They're afraid, um, aren't they? A lot of them. They're well. They're they're terrified, mm-hmm. um, and they come from a place of defending and a place of that's not transparent, and they often come from this sense of they're impoverished spiritually and they're impoverished in their their lack of of true uh, love and peace and this is a place of impoverished uh, poverty from a place of riches mm-hmm. and um, some of the most richest and the most wealthy people I've ever met live in poverty mm-hmm. that I've way in places around the world because they they have the riches of being present of kindness and compassion and they don't nec- they don't live in the material sense of riches but they live in the most important sense of riches that it, of spiritually and of course it's not one or the other it's both it's mm-hmm. about having the necessary material riches in balance with our immaterial riches of our spirit our soul and our heart and sharing that that's mm-hmm. the key i think kindness that. and you speak a lot about kindness i think mm. kindness will ultimately because it's a growing factor right now it will ultimately teach us more about sharing, won't it? It'll teach us more about spreading the wealth if there's enough land to be living on, you know. Well, kindness is 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 and obviously kindness and empathy and compassion are, you know, Veronica are most certainly um, precursors to reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Um, to come into a, a, a place of reciprocity, of exchange, which is really how we come into relationship with the planet, with each other, the quantum field, the quantum field being the most abundant of everything in the universe. It's all things that are of, of abundance. And um, it, it most certainly the practice of kindness and is something that's key. I haven't always been a kind person in my life. and um, Me either. I've I been impatient, that. too impatient for that sometimes. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, I'm the, the little, the, the little, you know, boy can be impatient and, and demanding, especially when that piece of ourselves feels unloved or unwanted. And it's in a perpetual state of not being worthy and so therefore it's coming from a place of fear and lack and that and that's that that keeps us stuck it kept me stuck for quite a while <laughs> ultimately to embrace a deeper sense of kindness and compassion for self and but also to embrace that in the world with others I like that. I want to throw a little two bits worth in here. As years ago, my husband and I went and did community development in a slum in northern BC. And somebody said years later, what did you learn doing that work? And I said that the heart isn't necessarily well-dressed. 
and and I laughed at myself because I thought, oh, that's a pretty good way of putting it. But it is true, isn't it, that uh, people were very giving to us, even though they had nothing. They shared what they had. And that was a big lesson for me, you know, raised mm, middle class person. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in because it's got a, a dynamic, doesn't it? Well, it, it, you know, it brings up. A, a, a spiritual truth, and a, it's also a, a matru- truth in the in the physical truth as well, physical law, and, and that is giving is receiving, mm-hmm. and ultimately in the idea that we are giving truly, but giving from the heart, giving truly, not for wanting or being seen, but just to give. Okay. But the, yeah, really, giving is receiving. I mean, if you're thinking about manifesting more in your life, more abundance, first of all, I, I just published that book. It's out on Amazon that speaks directly to the abundant nature of, of the world and kind of ending la- the idea of lack and um, scarcity once and for all. Mm-hmm. One of the key things that we, we can practice in our in our lives is 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 really presencing ourselves in our heart and presencing ourselves to show up in what we're giving and how we can serve. In other words, what instead of saying, what's in this conversation for me today, Veronica, mm-hmm. we come, both you and I come and saying, you know, what's in this conversation for our listeners? Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, that's not to say we're not here and there's nothing in it for us, but it's to say, wait a second, we're here to share and share wisdom, connect in our journeys to, to support others. In other words, so come to a place in life where how can I be of helpful to somebody else? That's truly giving. And that's truly Mm -hmm. a place of abundance that actually where we now become available to receive and the universe will provide. Mm-hmm. Will universe does time and time again align us with the the, the, the abundance of it? I have found this in the sages and shamans and wisdom keepers and earth keepers over the ages. Found this continuously. They they were great manifestors, and this is a time to to end this idea of lack and scarcity once and for all. And that's why I put out this little book of genius. I like on it. Abundance, so so yeah. we can really really step into it. I'm looking forward to reading it. Also, I want to say another thing is years ago, I walked in front of a television when the kids were watching uh, The Little Buddha, and I felt the energy coming off that movie and hit me. And I'm an energy worker, like a lot of us are. And your book had that energy. Remember, I said I went around and put books up against me to see if I wanted to bother reading them. And your book radiates that kind of energy. And as we do this sort of radio show, we're sending frequencies out, not just you and I, but all the people that are moving consciousness through these little shows are actually impacting the mass vibrational reality. And I think we need to know that even if you fall asleep in the middle of your show which you're not doing, but you see what I mean? And I just want to say that to people because it's a wonderful tool, isn't it? Well, it's a good point because a lot of us feel disempowered. And, you know, think of it this way. I, I mean, if you're holding the bowl, a bowl in your hand, this is the bowl of your life and you're holding it there and you're looking in there and there's all these colorful marbles, so to speak, and you take 
a marble out, all of a sudden the whole dynamic of that bowl has changed because you took something out. Mm -hmm. And then when you put something in, the whole dynamic of that bowl has changed again. Well, that's how we show up in the world. When we change and evolve ourselves, are we support the change and evolution and the uplifting of others? We're changing the dynamic of the whole system, of the whole world. Now, it may seem minimal or de minimis. I think it sounds magical, them, actually. Well, it's, it's magical, but it's also true. It's mm-hmm. quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And that's the power that each of us has to really effectuate change in our way. Not somebody else's, but in, in your way. You get to choose that. But, it, it, but, but when we don't do that, then all of a sudden we're just contributing the same old thing. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Do you want to contribute to something new, mm-hmm. uplifting, that inspires you? And the old line is, oh, well, I don't have anything to offer. Nobody will pay attention to me. And that is so naive. It's not true, is it? Well, not only is, is it naive, it's, an, it's a form of insanity that's in the belief system of separation, of ego. Mm-hmm. And it's an excuse because we're not here to make excuses in, for our lives anymore. We're here to celebrate our lives. Mm-hmm. Are we not? Mm-hmm. We're here oh, to yeah. really... This is this is um this is our moment. Everybody's got the same thing. Nobody's better or any worse than anybody else in this co- in this in this way. The capacity of this beautiful, elegant thing we call the human body and this brilliance of this you know computer we call the brain, much less our minds and spirit and the quantum field and all that kind of stuff. We have this great capacity. Everybody does. Well, you know, but if you don't show up for yourself, then what, what are we going to do? You know, that's kind of what it is, unfortunately. But you get a choice. And I, I love requires the self-respect. Now, before we go uh, run out of time, I want you to get into the choice of going to Peru. And when I was reading that whole section, I was fascinated because uh, I keep seeing how as we integrate here, as we make the choice to integrate and really be who we are and know that we are a contributor, it has a huge vibrational impact on our higher selves and the frequencies out there, does it not? Well, a hundred, uh, that's the exact, yeah, I think that's really driving home what we've been talking about today, Veronica. And, and, you know, I think the key is, you know, I, the stories that I share in the quest, which is the quest to discover the genius within myself. Mm-hmm. And then that quest, I laid down the pathway, a map to forward for uh, others, save them time or even lifetimes for that matter. Mm-hmm. But the point is that you don't need to go anywhere. it's not a matter of doing a geographic. It's not a matter of leaving your job, although you may ready to make changes, although you you may want to move somewhere else. You know, great. But the point of the matter is, is the, is the game is in, in you Mm -hmm. and the ability to, to transform uh, ourselves has never been more, um, and never been greater mm-hmm. because not only are we living in a time of great change, uh, but we're living in a time that's offering us the ability to quantum leap in our own consciousness. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's so exciting. That's, 
that's the exciting. That's where the game is, mm-hmm. and that's a great place to to keep keep playing. And I look forward to more of it with with you and and all of your your listeners. So thank it's, you for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. And again, this is Adam C. Hall, and the name of your book is Divine Genius. And what is you've got two other books. The one is the newest one. Would you like to give those names? Yes, um, you can. Uh, the Divine Genius: The Unlearning Curve is out now and that offers the, the the steps the map the process to move beyond the old ways of living and embracing the totality of who we are the first book in my uh in my authorship was the first of my trilogy was the earth keeper undeveloping the future that's also out now and i just published a great little book uh it's called the little book of genius on abundance and it's a like a pocketbook and what's great about this this is for everyday manifestation it's it's about bringing forth the abundance and letting go of this idea of lack and scarcity and this little book offers the tools the wisdom and the practice to do that every day in your life and you get to carry it around with you which is even better because it it's it's about it's about really embracing that abundance right now. Can you give us one pointer before we say goodbye? The abundance From there. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the abundance that that we seek is actually seeking us and the abundance that we know is found within ourselves because within the interconnectivity of our heart and our minds and this beautiful operating system we call the human body, we're able to connect with the vast resources of nature of the quantum field. In other words, we become an attractor, a magnet for what we want. And when we magnetize our power and our connection of asking and calling in our heart's truest desire, you'll be surprised perhaps it will come. And it may come instantly. It sounds wonderful. Thank you again, Adam C. Hall, for for being a divine genius. Uh, You're so welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Be well. Bye.